The views expressed on this special broadcast of the Take 12 radio show do not necessarily reflect those of KHLT Recovery Broadcasting or its affiliates. KHLT is not affiliated with any particular 12-step fellowship. A very scary experience. You know, God is a solution. God the 12 step. I like where he's going here. Helps the community grow, helps us grow. Bonnie, <laughs> Bonnie has done a phenomenal job. Lack of open-mindedness. And you're talking about taking people through a spiritual process and getting them into recovery. Thanks, Monty, uh, and thanks for all your support. We need spirituality to make this thing work long-term. It's an absolute pleasure. He certainly knows a lot of people. This is one of the places... It is about the business of the solution. And now, broadcasting on location somewhere in the vast expanse of the Pacific Northwest, it's the over-opinionated 12-stepologist, The Monty Man. All of those of you who are advocates of recovery, those of you in recovery, and perhaps some of you should be, welcome to the Take 12 Recovery Radio Show. We are broadcasting uh, for you here at uh, the KHLT Recovery Broadcasting Studios in the outskirts of beautiful downtown Albany, Oregon, broadcasting worldwide. And uh, it is really good to have you with us. And I want you to to stop for a minute and, uh, and imagine in your deepest imaginings uh, the following. I want you to imagine your vertebrae being shattered in two places. I want you to imagine your face being scarred up and your body being flung into the sandy bottom of the ocean. Now I want you to imagine that your heart stops beating and you're dead. Well, my guest today is a longtime lifeguard who has spent summers since the 70s guarding various Orange County beaches. He started at 17 at San Clemente City Beach back when lifeguards got paid, get this, $3.06 an hour. He switched to San Clemente State Lifeguards a few years later and in 1982 transferred to Huntington State Beach where he has been every summer since. But not long ago, my guest, Scott Underhill, had a big metal halo around his head attached to his shoulder to keep his spine in place. He had experienced a horrific accident on the coast, and he is with us today to share his experience, strength, and hope, not only as a lifeguard who has survived an accident that he really should have died in, but also to share his story of sobriety. Uh, We've titled this The Sober Lifeguard. Welcome, Scott, to Take 12 Radio. Thank you, Monty. Wow. Um, I I mean, when I I sit here and I I read the news articles of what you went through, um, one of the things that, that, that I noticed right off the bat is they talk about that you didn't remember much of what had happened. That's probably a blessing, true? Yes. Yeah, I was basically woke up in the hospital 
looking at the TV where another lifeguard had died and they were having a paddle out for him. And I, you know, I was a little fuzzy, of course, but yeah, I couldn't understand where I was. I had no recollection of my accident at all. I, it's all taken kind of second and third hand. Well, before we talk about that horrific experience uh, and, and your career as a lifeguard, let, let's introduce the folks to you as a, a brother 12-stepper, a brother in recovery. Uh, you have been uh, doing the recovery deal for how long now? Um, well, um, I'm, I've been sober since 98, and I, the first time it really kind of stuck was 94. And uh, so that means I'm a little... <laughs> older than 20 but uh yeah it just it, it kind of caught on with me in 98 and i've been kind of a regular regular meeting attender i have a 6 a.m meeting when i go to an Huntington beach and uh you know i mean i just don't take it for granted any day you know i i realize that it's kind of in the background doing push-ups sure uh when i'm <laughs> Just because I'm not drinking doesn't mean that uh, you know the behaviors are still there. So yeah, I, I I'm very respectful of the of the program. So what 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 was going what was going on? I mean, you you obviously weren't the uh, the wonderful example of uh, lifeguardism as you are today. You were out doing some stuff probably that brought you into the rooms of recovery, right? Well, you would think that I would have. I started probably, you know, partying and everything when I got into college. Uh, I, I attended San Diego State on a water polo scholarship, <clears throat> and I played around with alcohol. But down there, I kind of got really involved in it, and it kind of took on a lap of its own. And I was a periodic drinker. I was basically, every once in a while, I needed to, I felt the need to, to get drunk. And so I played around with marijuana a little bit, but mainly beer, you know, kind of a the good time thing. And it was kind of pervasive in the, you know, lifeguarding community back in the back in the seventies. And so I thought I had a handle on it, but <laughs> right. I know a lot of my uh listeners can relate to it it snuck up on me and bit me in the butt and really I had problems with driving under the influence and, and things like that. I just seemed to, you know, back in those days, they'd slap you on the wrist, and I'd pay my way out of it, and I didn't. it didn't really apply to me. But what really, I guess what really stuck was when I uh, I was married and um, <clears throat> I had a, a, a sales career, basically. I was in the medical field, and, um, you know, I was traveling, and um, I would my wife and I were, were newly married and, and, and then, um, I was, uh, we had a son and I was, you know, flying all over the Western United States working for a company. And, um, you know, still was a periodic weekend, you know, when nobody was, nobody was around, I could basically live this secret life. Just when I was on the road and, and, uh, Anyway, it just kind of came to a culmination when my son was about three years old, and I knew I'd blown it. You know, I knew I made, I made a bad mistake. And so that morning, I told my wife the next morning that um, I was going to get some help. And because I, I faced losing everything, you know, I faced losing my wife, losing my son. I just kind of 
come to Jesus moment. And so I went to a meeting, and and when I first walked into the meeting, I felt that sense of peace and that I was at home. And uh, it coincidentally, that was the same day as the Northridge earthquake. Oh, wow. A severe earthquake out here in Southern California. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe with God intervening, but... Um, I just it, it just changed my experience. I was sick and tired of being sick and tired, and so I so I kind of embraced the program in '94, and and really kind of took hold with me <clears throat> to be you know to be frank about it. And uh, I was uh, I was very blessed. I actually wasn't really working for a company at the time, and I was really sober, and I hired out with a company and. Um, it wasn't, the owner was a little, um, I don't know, what can I say, kind of immature, mm-hmm. um, kind of pre- pressing the buttons on me as far as drinking, you know, with him, and I would kind of, you know, I, I succumbed to drinking when I was in New York City, and, um, you know, looking looking back on it, I was trying to read the big book when I was drunk, and it just didn't work, so <laughs> I kind of had a, I know that was crazy, <laughs> <laughs> and so anyway, to make a long story short, I kind of it kind of took hold. I kind of got back in, involved in it, and um, just to kind of bring up a little bit of a, a, a story on how how really this program works. I was kind of in a bad place when I was traveling with my boss. I was out of the country. I was in Puerto Rico of all places, and I wasn't in San Juan, Puerto Rico, but I was. In a in a city way south of the of the main capital city is called Ponce, and uh, you know it was just myself and my boss, and uh, you know it's kind of the idyllic beach environment. And in my convoluted mind, you know, you know everybody everybody's drinking and all that, and so I just got on the phone and I called a friend of mine in California, and he said, get your butt to a meeting. <laughs> so, <laughs> so so I got on the phone, and I found a central office in Puerto Rico, and I located, a, and, and they, <laughs> this beater car came up and picked me up to this nice hotel I was staying at, and and my Spang- Spanish is Spanglish at best, but you can really see the language of the heart, you know, and people trying to get better, and it was just an amazing experience. And, and and I guess the important thing that it taught me was that I've been to a lot of meetings in all different parts of the country, and the brotherhood is the same. You know, we're all trying to do the right thing, and just God is, is, is everywhere, you know. And so um, when I got back into town, you know, I I, say, I got in, and it, and it took, took hold in 98. I've had... Um, I've had about three different sponsors. One guy I had, my first sponsor, could recite the big book from from rote, you know, from memory. But he uh, he ended up getting drunk again. And then uh, I had another pharmacist, or I mean, I had another excuse me, another um, sponsor that was kind of in the same business as me. And then from there, I I met my current sponsor that actually knows you, money. So, right. Um, I mean, it's you know. It just doesn't, when you, you know, it's not all rainbows when you get sober, but it, it allows you to deal with things. And the longer that I've been involved in it, I see people enduring 
all kinds of crazy things in their lives, and it just kind of gives me a sense of perspective of what the heck am I complaining about, you know? Sure, you bet. So, so let me ask you. Let me ask you this: uh, did, did you have a head knowledge kind of relationship with God prior? to your drinking career or was that something that, that developed and then became a, a, a heartfelt relationship later on as you were working the steps? How, how did that work? No, well, when I was in high school, well, I grew up Episcopalian and, uh, it's kind of like Catholic light. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I was, I grew up in the church and I was involved. I was a, actually coincidentally, I was, a, I'm an Eagle Scout too, money. Yay. All right. <laughs> Eagle Scout. Yeah, and so you know, I was involved with the church, and and then uh, when I got into high school, I was involved with the water polo and the swim team. And one of the kids on our water polo team was involved with the youth group over at a Christian church. And so when I uh, I accepted Christ at that church, and you know, became involved with a youth program, and <clears throat> you know. Uh, I, I developed a personal relationship with Christ at that time, and you know, with a youth group, and of course, fell in love with this girl, and got dumped by her. So that was my excuse for sure. In a way, it's kind of funny how that stuff works. So anyway, I when I when I went away to college, um, I I kind of got into you know sowing some wild oats and got away from my relationship with, with Christ, and so. Um, but once I reconnected, you know, with, uh, with I, I started t- attending church again, but I, my personal relationship with Christ really fortified itself within the 12-step program. So the steps helped yeah. to to enhance and further your, your, your relationship with Christ by applying and implementing those steps? Oh, completely. Yeah. yeah I... Um, I have a cross-reference to the 12 steps in the Bible verses, and so for me, at least the way I was able to understand um, the program is is basically uh, biblically based. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of look at the Word of God as, as you know, as the Bible as, uh, <clears throat> as the documentation of God's Word and uh, His truths, and it's, it's, it's usage for us. Uh, it's God given, you know, spoken to to men and uh, prophets and things like that. But there's some so many different elements to it that that, that really make the truth God's word come alive for me. So, Amen. Um, I, I kind of embraced it. I'm very involved in my church now, but um, you know, uh, like I said, I I, I have to say that. When I first got sober, yeah, I, I embraced it. I, I, I was using the program, but then I really got an enhancement when my wife, son, my wife and I started going to a, a church that actually my son's uh, junior lifeguard instructor was the assistant pastor. That's currently our church now in Huntington Beach. So um, I've had an opportunity to some of the programs there at, at my church to do delve deeper deeper into the Bible and God's plan for my life. Right. Right. Well, I, I I think, I think that's amazing. And you're continuing on this journey and, and uh, taking the message to other people and, and giving, giving away what's been given to you. And, and that's really, 
you know, we're we're talking about a jump from being totally powerless over something to tapping into a power that does for us what we can't do for ourselves to to a point where we 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 clean up the wreckage of our past and we make amends and then we go out and we give this thing away and help save lives, right? Oh, most definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, there's, you know, the longer that I've been in the program and, and seen it and done step studies, book studies, work with others, um, you know, um, done panels, things like that, it's just, you see God's mercy and grace and gratefulness in the meetings and just being grateful for everything that I've been given so freely. It just yeah. gives me away. Um, and and I just, I mean, I, I see miracles every day in these meetings, you know. The lights, when you see the lights go on in someone's eyes and, and you see their lives change, it's just truly amazing. I, I see it more in AA than I do in church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that's just me. That's just me. So, and, and you know, it's really kind of a great blessing is just, is, is when you get an opportunity to travel outside and you go to other meetings in other cities or whatever, even other countries, it's that the program is, 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 is big time, you know, it's alive. And, and to think that God provided this to a proctologist and a stockbroker in the thirties, right. Truly amazing <laughs> because there's always, there's always been drunks, you know, from day one, you know, uh, Terry, to tarry at the vine is what they say in the Bible, you know, um, wine house, you know, and uh, back in back in the old days, I mean, the age and I am, I was growing up, we always kind of laughed off the town drunk, you know, Otis, the town drunk. Oh, yeah, and yeah. And Mayberry, you yeah. know, and, and, and so we had a chance to take my, uh, my son to Williamsburg when he was about 10 years old, and they had a mock trial in there of, Somebody got, that was drunk and beat his wife, so they were showing the court systems. And basically, they just took their, their alcoholics and they threw them into uh, dungeons, you know, jails. Yeah. And that's when we read in the big book about, you know, asylums and jails and, you know, loading them up with sauerkraut juice. And doctors, you know, were at their wits end on what to do with these guys. And we read about it in the doctor's opinion and... I had an opportunity when I was in New York City to walk by the old town's hospital. And just, wow! I'm kind of a I'm, I'm kind of a history buff as it is. So, you know, the, the Doctor Silkworth. I, I always have people that I work with uh, just sort of a doctor's opinion, just to uh, just to kind of give a sense of perspective that they, that they did not, you know, give up on these people. And the longer you get in these programs, I know I've worked with some people that. Basically, I don't know physically how they're alive, but mm-hmm. they flow painful death, you know? You bet. I just feel very blessed that I've been given a, a vision of hope, you know, by staying sober. And it's my job as a as an alcoholic just to recognize the fact that I get a spiritual reprieve, I get a daily reprieve. i got to stay on top of this or it'll, it'll nail me. And I always, you know, kind of... In the back of our minds, we always hear about people that go out with all this time, and it's just scary. You know, it's just realize that you know the 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 biggest enemy is 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 what is between our ears. Yeah, 
<laughs> so true. So very, very true. Uh, Scott, we're going to take our first break. Uh, my guest is Scott Underhill. Uh, we're titling this show uh, Sober Lifeguard. Listen, there's a lot more to his story. You don't, you don't want to miss this. Uh, my friends, we'll be right back right after this. Oh, hey, bud. Oh. Where, uh, where are you headed? Uh, I'm just going to hang out. It's a school night. With Gary and Todd? Yeah. Not sure about those two. I've been meaning to ask you. This is tougher than I thought. Is there any drinking going on in this crowd? No. I hope not, because alcohol can lead you to say things and do things that you really wish you hadn't. Isn't this what you're supposed to say? I know. So if any of your buddies ever pressure you to take a drink, just tell them you promised your dad you wouldn't. I'd do anything to keep you safe. Okay, I will. I hope this is working. I promise. Love you too, Dad. They really do hear you. Brian. Yeah? So start the conversation even before they're teenagers. Good idea. For tips on what to say, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. Hey, check it out. The historic Albany Carousel and Downtown Museum is hosting a food drive for the Salvation Army on Saturday, November 18th from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. Donate just two unperishable items and receive a free ride token. Come join us at 503 West 1st Avenue in Albany, Oregon. Come and enjoy the fun and support your community at the same time through the Salvation Army. See you there. This is Tony Morosi from the recovery band Self-Esteem, and we're listening to the Take 12 Recovery Radio Show with the Monty Man on KHLT Broadcasting. Well, welcome back to the show. You've tuned in to Take 12 Recovery Radio. We are the original and the world's oldest recovery talk and positive music radio show uh, broadcasting uh, hey. To you and for you. What was that? To you and for you uh, from the studios of KHLT Recovery Broadcasting. Listen, you can email us at take12radio, that's T-A-K-E, the number 12, radio at comcast.net. And you can subscribe to our shows, download us on uh, YouTube. Or, I mean, listen on YouTube. You can download us on Podomatic. On iTunes, we have apps for Android and iOS. Just go to Take12Radio.com, and you can access everything there. Uh, my guest today, Scott Underhill, sober lifeguard, who has uh, not only been through the ringer when it comes to um, his active alcoholism and then be- being led by this wonderful power God into the 12-step rooms, and experiencing uh, recovery and then giving it away. Uh, But we know that just because you get sober, just because you become a productive member of society, doesn't mean that you're exempt from tragedy or horrific uh, happenings in in your life. And uh, sometimes those things happen. His vertebrae was shattered in two places. Um, his chin as a scar where his body was flung into the sandy bottom of the ocean by a massive wave. His heart stopped beating. Uh, and the amazing thing is about this is after going through all that and, 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 you know, I mean, you got surgeries, you got all sorts of things. He got back on the horse and 
he went back out to do some more lifeguard stuff, and he still does it today. Uh, Scott uh, Underhill, really an amazing uh, miracle, a walking miracle of God. Uh, Scott, so tell us what was going on, man. You, you you got into the business of being a lifeguard, and what one sunny day you're just bebopping along the coast, and what happens? <laughs> well. <laughs> Yeah, I um, actually I I've been to church and uh, some friends of mine were were going down go down on bikes and we're going to go down to the wedge, um, which is a, a popular place down here in Newport Beach. Um, I live in Huntington Beach, which is a town just north of Newport Beach. Right. So it was probably about three miles away and. The thing about the wedge is it's a kind of a world famous break because it picks up the refraction of a of the of the a swell that comes in and in the summer the swells generally come from Mexico or um, like the South Pacific mm-hmm. and we get pretty pretty big waves and so <clears throat> anyway we're going to go down there and, and and watch some of the body surfing and. Uh, well, what had happened was a couple of my friends that were supposed to go down there with me, um, we were going to ride bikes down there. And uh, it was, uh, they ended up having to work. So I ended up going down there by myself just to kind of look at the waves. And I talked to some of the guards that worked for Newport Beach and that I know. And so there were a big crowd of people down there because this particular swell was super powerful. It was a huge... Um, a huge wave. Um, I'd say about it was about eight to, eight to twelve foot surf, but it was a very powerful swell. Let's call it south swell, southwestern swell, and it picked up energy from a, um, a swell down in Antarctica, like Chile area. Mm-hmm. So the whole direction of the energy was directed at this street called Eighteenth Street, which was just up from the wedge. So. Um, I had ridden my bike down there, and I took a video with my phone, and it was pretty spectacular. And I just kind of, kind of, kind of just off the cuff, kind of said, "Wow, how can you tell me there's no God when you see that? And these big waves are just yeah. coming in because God's power in that surf is incredible." And so, <clears throat> in my infinite wisdom, you know, I had body surfed. I mean, growing up in the area. Every summer, I would, you know, I would body surf down at Fifteenth uh, Street, which is just down from the wedge, and the waves just were were breaking really hard, but they're fast. They're really fun for body surfing because they're like these big walls. Have you ever heard in Sandy Beach or well, if you go on the internet, you look at the wedge, you can see it breaks, break, breaks a lot like. Um, like a mini pipeline a little bit. Okay. It, it, what it does is it just crashes down on the sand. So anyway, I told the lifeguard that was on duty, hey, I'm a off-duty lifeguard because I basically have been lifeguarding for <clears throat> 43 years. <laughs> um, at the time, it was like 40 years, but um, I, I had my fins on my bike, and I, I feel pretty comfortable on big surf, and I've been surfing, you know, um, and I, at the time, I thought I'm, I'm mentally I'm like acting like I'm 20, but I'm not 20. Okay, right. So <laughs> I don't know. Best judgment in 
in hindsight, you know, 2020. Well, Scott, Scott, how old were you when this happened? Well, I was 58. 58 years of age, and you're acting like you're 20. Right. <laughs> you are You are an alcoholic. What's that? I said, you are an alcoholic. <laughs> yeah, totally. Come on. You know? I mean, really, that is just madness. <laughs> to go all by myself, I have my fins. And so anyway, um, this is all secondhand, okay? Cause right. Because I got knocked out. What yep. I did was I went out there and I caught a wave, and there's a the drift was pulling super hard toward north towards the pier. So I guess I'm only assuming this because I didn't see it. I didn't talk to anybody that saw it, but I took off on a big left because the waves are breaking left. Yeah. And I know I was on a left because my, my shoulder got, when I woke up in the hospital, my shoulder was jammed a little bit. But evidently what had happened was I took off on a big wave and got pitched into the bottom of the ocean um, and got knocked out, got knocked out um, just immediately because I have a big divot in my chin. My chin was pretty trashed. And so immediately got knocked out. And what this particular swell had done was pushed all the sand up. So it was normally six foot. It was only about three foot deep. Oh. So that's kind of what I think contributed to it was that it was a super, the distant direction of the swell was super strong. And so um, I ended up hitting the bottom and drifting underwater down probably about uh, four lifeguard towers, which there's about 250 yards between the lifeguard towers. Yeah. And I was underwater and basically knocked out with a broken neck, and my body bumped into somebody. Um, well, it, it bumped into a couple of guys. One of the guys was a lifeguard that was um, on a break, and he was this big kid, uh, big, strong kid. that Because uh, I'm, I'm six foot, about 220, and so this guy took when we um, when we deal with neck injuries on the beach, we deal with these things called uh, C spine. So we have to take C spine precautions, and that's basically to maintain a central neutral position with someone's neck so their spinal column isn't torn. Because anytime they suspect a broken neck, um, the spinal column is not protected. That's what's protecting the the spinal column basically has the consistency of like a cooked egg white. So wow. um, I, I have no recollection of this, but he, uh, I was completely loaded with seawater. Um, and I got this from this, uh, the, the doctor that, that was on the beach. Basically there was an emergency room doctor that had been coming down to that beach. Um, he was from Salt Lake City, Utah. And he just coincidentally, you know, <laughs> wow, God's coincidence, coincidence by 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 divine intervention is the way I, I feel about it. And so they, they they hauled me up on the beach. I was full of sand and seawater, and I, my heart was not beating. I was pretty much dead. And and uh, the doctor was able to take over the resuscitation, and he was able to do what's known as an intubation which he was able to open the airway and clear, establish an airway and um, got my heart beating again. And they packaged me up on a, um, uh, you know, in, in the ambulance and the paramedics. And um, I was able to be rushed to uh, 
Hogue Hospital, which is probably about, oh, it was a Sunday afternoon with traffic and everything. It was probably about 30 minutes away. But right after they packaged me up, one of the lifeguards um, had made a rescue in that exact same place from Newport Beach. And he was a young, vibrant, you know, 32-year-old kid. And he actually, in the course of, you know, rescuing someone got pitched over the, you know, got taken over the falls and he got knocked out and he ended up drowning. Oh my gosh. He, uh, yeah, he washed, he washed all the way down the beach underneath the pier. And it was the first lifeguard that had been, that had been killed in light of duty in, um, in history for Newport. So what, they've what? got a statue for him down there and they have a movie coming out about him. Was this Ben Car- was, uh, Carlson? Ben yeah, Ben Carlson is his name. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, um, it's this tragic thing that happened, you know, with with Ben. Uh, I did not know Ben. I'd done a couple of competitions, and only have a, some competitions. So I I did some competitions that he was there, but I did not know him personally. But you know, that's the first thing I thought because I woke up in the hospital. My wife couldn't find me for two days. Um, I was a mess. I, you know, they had me on a ventilator and, um, I mean, they didn't think I was going to make it, but my, my wife kind of called, um, hospitals and, uh, you know, yeah, the police and tracked me down <laughs> so banged up because my chin was pretty trashed and I had a, you know, I had, they, they were breathing for me, and I was in a mess in the ICU, the spinal ICU at, at UC Irvine, and I was in a in an induced coma for um, 21 days at Hope uh, Hospital. Gee whiz! Yeah, and, and she was very instrumental in you know my recovery, and they wanted to do surgery on me, and she waited, and um, you know, kind of took the bull by the horns and got me a. Um, in a second opinion with a neurosurgeon, and uh, he said the nature of my fracture, what I had done was I would fractured C2, which is uh, the, the one they call the hangman uh-huh. in my neck, and then I splinter fractured C7. And so usually when people fracture C2, that's usually the one that controls your respiratory, and you're usually dead, but God didn't see it that way, I guess, so... They wanted to do surgery on me, and my wife held out and said, no, let's get a second opinion. And so she had to fight to keep them from doing surgery. She got a second opinion, and the other doctor recommended the HALO, which is a non-surgical intervention. It's basically like a birdcage on your head. Right. You drill four bolts in your skull, and you're not going to So that's what they did. And 21 days later... I kind of came to in the hospital going, you know, what the heck is going on? I had a traumatic brain injury, um, and um, they pumped all kinds of sand and seawater out of my lungs. I I had a low-grade pneumonia from ingesting all that sand and seawater, but it was a true miracle that you know, God <laughs> God put everything in place the way he did. I mean, it, yeah. I couldn't, it's something that I could never... So I should have been dead, really. You bet. For all intents and purposes. Well, Scott, we're going to take our last break. I want to come back and talk about your recovery and uh, more about what was going through your mind when you woke up and that kind of thing. Folks, uh, my guest, uh, Scott 
uh, Underhill, uh, sober lifeguard. Don't go away. More with his amazing story of recovery from this horrific event and his experience, strength, and hope when we return. You got something to say? Are you looking for the best and most affordable way to broadcast your podcast? Well, Podomatic makes reaching a massive audience simple with free podcasts, customizable embedded players, and promotional tools. It's home to the world's largest directory of independent podcasters, including DJs, talk shows, educational programs, and so much more. Best of all, a basic account is absolutely free, and no special skills are required to set up your show. To broadcast your podcast, visit www.podomatic.com. That's P-O-D-O-M-A-T-I-C dot com. And let the world hear what you've got to say. Christ-centered faith-based solutions for youth, adults, and families struggling with life-controlling problems such as addiction. Drugs and alcohol allowed me to let go of the bundle of fears that were always with me, even if it was just for a little while. But pretty soon I was deep in addiction. After an overdose almost left my son without a mom, I finally decided to come to Teen Challenge. Although I was away from my family for a long time, it was the best decision of my life. Today, I'm clean and sober, and God has more than restored my family. He's transformed it. For more information and to locate a Teen Challenge Center near you, visit TeenChallengeUSA.com. This is Chris Schroeder. You are listening to Take12Radio.com, recovery talk and positive music. Thank you, Chris, and welcome back. By the way, if you would like to uh, listen to uh, Walking Through the Big Book with Chris Schroeder and myself, uh, this was a year in the making, as well as Walking Through the 12 Steps and 12 Traditions. Uh, These are the most comprehensive workshops on uh, the Big Book and the 12 and 12 ever produced in audio format to date. Uh, if you would like to tune into those and check those out, go to tank12radio.com, go down to uh, Recovery Workshops, click on that link, and you'll find both of those sets of broadcasts. And uh, we also have uh, the Walking Through the Big Book uh, audio DVD for sale on our recovery store. Um, and we are now posting once a week... Walking through the 12 steps and 12 traditions on our Podomatic page. So uh, you can download that and, and it's free uh, to download. Later on in the year, we're going to be reposting Walking Through the Big Book, too. And so uh, you can get all that for free as well. Well, my guest uh, this uh, on this wonderful show, and I say it's a wonderful show because this is, once again, a broadcast where we get to see the hand of God working in a person's life, not only in his recovery, but just in life in general, uh, Scott Underhill went through a horrific accident involving the power of our ocean, uh, where it just slammed him down and just basically broke him in two, uh, leaving him dead. And he survived it. Now, Scott, you woke up in the hospital. And yeah. what was your first thought? I mean, were you like, what <laughs> is going on? Oh. Yeah, kind of like, what am I doing here? And and what they had on television was uh, one of the traditions that they have for people that, that die, you know, in surfing accidents or as a result of the ocean or something like that. It's kind of a Hawaiian tradition. It's called a paddle out. 
Okay. And what, what they do is everybody goes out on a surfboard and they paddle out um, and they make a ring and they have lays out there. And it's kind of like commemoration of their, their life. And they had this huge paddle out for Ben. They had lifeguards from all up and down the coast in Southern California here. And so it was all televised. And if you go on the Internet, you can see it at Ben Carlson Memorial where they had drones. And, and it was just incredibly amazing because all the surfers, there must have been about 1,000 people out there, and they made a big uh, part out there and everything. And so it was really a beautiful thing. Um. So uh, I woke up to that. That was on television. Wow. Uh, you know, the first thing I thought was, you know, when I started coming to was, you know, what the, why Ben, you know, why would Ben, why would Ben go, a young guy and a vibrant guy? I mean, I've had a pretty good run. I'm 58 and all. Yeah. Why me? Why me? <laughs> it doesn't seem fair. Why didn't, why didn't okay. the ocean take you and not Ben? Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or, um, why would the ocean take them and not me? Yeah, yeah. Why wouldn't it? Yeah, you bet. So, so anyway, I I, I thought about that, and, and and it just didn't seem fair to me. But how do we know what God's, you know, God's true um, plan for our life is? Right. So, <clears throat> I um I started rehabbing. I got you know I got back into shape, and and uh, I was doing my physical therapy, and um, I, I was just itching to get back in the water because I'm a swimmer, and so I swim a lot, and uh, I uh, I actually, one of the things that was really good for my brain is I'm a water polo referee, so that was really good for my for my brain to do that, and in addition to that, I'm a, an insurance agent, um, so I take a lot of tests and things like that, so cognitively, I started coming back around, but I I started swimming, and um, I talked to my physical therapist, and he goes, yeah, well, I'd really like to requalify, and, you know, and uh, he said, sure, why not? Give it a shot, you know, and I go, because the way it works with the state, I'm, I'm a seasonal employee, and and really, as long as I um, requalify qualify uh, yard swim in less than 20 minutes, I feel like 750 yards, anyway, they put a buoy out there, and if you can do the swim in 20 minutes, then you basically requalify as long as you uh, recertify on your CPR and your EMR. And yeah. I was an EMT and things like that. So that, was, that wasn't a, a big issue for me. But anyway, I went down and, and uh, down to San Clemente, and I I made the swim. You know, I did it, and uh, I, I got, got myself back out of shape. And then I said to the supervisor, I said, well, I'd really like to uh, be junior lifeguards, you know, because I've always been on the tower um, as a lifeguard or in the Jeep or something like that. And uh, I really love kids. You know, I love working with kids. I I was involved in my son's Boy Scout troop. I was a, uh, I did, I was kind of, when I had my own business, I was even contemplating going back and getting a teaching credential because I like working with kids. And so I said, well, what about maybe doing the junior lifeguards, you know, being involved with them? And uh, I talked to the junior lifeguard, you know, supervisor, and he said, yeah, sure, if you want to do it, come on, come on board, you know. And so it was the most rewarding thing that I've ever done. I take 9, 10, and 11-year-old kids that are new to the ocean, you know, um, and I introduce them to the ocean and kind of get them basically <clears throat> into 
indoctrinated to it, how to deal with the tides, with the waves. Um, we do workouts on the beach. I mean, it's more than a gift that God's given me to do wow. with the kids. And so I do, I, I kind of do that. I only do it like once out of the summer, but it has been such a blessing for me. I get so blessed by it. It's really amazing. You know, uh, my son was involved in the program. I had never even considered it. And now I'm just so blessed to be able to do that again. And so I'm like, like I said, I'm a junior lifeguard instructor for the state. And uh, I love working with the kids. One of my favorite things to do is to swim with them. You know, so I, I have to say that in that regard, I think I, I think that's why God saved me. Because I'm able to touch a lot of people, able to touch a lot of kids. And I really try and, you know, instruct the kids about, you know, about their fears. I use a lot of, <laughs> mm. I use a lot of AA acronyms like fear, false evidence, except it is real. Right, right. <laughs> you know, oh, that's like great. That. Yeah. Yeah. So I know a lot of parents are going, wait a minute, where, who's your instructor? <laughs> <laughs> That's actually some of my friends that are involved in it. And to watch their kids, how, how much it does for their confidence. And, and it's just really so rewarding. I just love it. I, I, I can't believe that I'm been given the opportunity to do it. And, and now of course, too, a lot of lifeguards, you know, with the internet and with Facebook, a lot of people, Unfortunately, I've been breaking their necks, a lot of lifeguards, and not under the circumstances that I did, but, you know, they, I'm able to talk to them and, and to deal with them and, and, and give them some encouragement, and I really, uh, it almost makes me feel guilty that I almost kind of like just walked away from this thing without any serious in, injury, you know? It's right. It's like God really spared me. Well, I can ask you. I got to ask you a question. Something, something that's really been I've been thinking about for the last couple couple seconds here was. Um, so I, I have a friend who's who's a general practitioner, and it, well, his whole family is is in the medical profession. One's one's a a, a heart surgeon, and and then in talking to them, uh, you remember the, the TV show House about yes. about the about, about the surgeon. Um, they would tell me they would watch house and they'd sit there and just tear it apart. I mean, they'd be like, Oh my gosh, that's just not true. Um, the terminology they're using, that isn't even accurate. And they would just have a ball. They would all laugh and have a good time. Um, is it that way with things like Baywatch, for instance, and some of these shows that involve lifeguards, how accurate is that to the real stuff? Um, well, I know they have to sensationalize that stuff a lot of the time, but um, the, the one Baywatch that I was going to, um, I mean, the one Baywatch I can remember was, you know, you know, I would say maybe 10% true. <laughs> <laughs> they, 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 used to, they used to have a lot of, uh, like, the ocean safety um, kind of shows right. where they actually profiled Huntington Beach or they do San Diego and, those are probably a little more accurate of what, what the job is. Okay. Our beach down here, Newport and Huntington, in the summer, you know, on rare occasions, but it gets so crowded and we're so, you know, we're, we're, we're quite busy. We're probably one of the busier beaches in the world with the amount of visitors and the swell activity. Is it like that all the time? No, it certainly isn't, but I'll tell you, those those guys down in Newport, they saved me. <laughs> yeah. You know, they're so professional down there. And, and I feel the same way about our guys, too. And, uh, you know, it's just, 
LA County. I mean, it, it, they have. I think they they do a little bit of sensationalism of that sure. for Hollywood, but generally, uh, most of the people that I work with, you know, they they're pretty checked out. I mean, they end up going on to be professionals, or they're they're pretty responsible. And you know, what's kind of funny is that <laughs> at nineteen. At 18 and 19 years old, the girls are actually more responsible than the boys, you know. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So, so w- with, the, with, my experience. with the increase, especially of the opiate ep- epidemic that's going on in our country, um, do you find a, a, an increase in um, uh, unfortunate situations happening on the beach due to drug and alcohol abuse? Well... I noticed this when they just when they banned alcohol from Huntington State Beach probably yeah. about fifteen years ago. Um, my rescues dropped significantly, especially in the late evening. It doesn't mean that you know they. I don't know if people are still drinking or just taking opiates as much, but it's not a good mix you know, right. out there because most people just think it's like a big pool, but it it really isn't. You know, especially right. in the conditions warrant um, they get they get tired rather quickly and so being under the influence of anything is is not good to be out in that dangerous environment so is it crazy during spring break not really not at our beach um, okay but like in florida i think in florida but I, but i don't know i from what i understand you know, places that they allow alcohol, yeah, but they don't allow alcohol on our beaches. Right. But from what I what I what I've heard or what I've seen, you know, like for example in Florida when they've got a year round situation going on, um, I think it's different. But, you know, where they're drinking on the beach or like let's say you go down to uh you know, Baja down in Mexico or mm-hmm. you know, certain areas, but it's just a it's a bad mix when you've got to surf. You bet. You know, so, Scott, environment. so so um, people can see you've got some pictures and so forth on your Facebook page, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and do you, do you have some video on there of some of the waves and that kind of thing too? Uh, yeah. You know what? I was I was looking to try and put some of that on there. I'll post that on. Uh, I have two Facebook site uh, Facebook pages um, myself and then my insurance. Um, so I think the pictures that I have are on my insurance web's uh, Facebook page, but I will definitely post post a, a picture of the waves where I said, "How can you tell me there's no God when you see that?" Right. <laughs> Which is kind of funny because I've got a PowerPoint presentation on the. Uh, I've done a PowerPoint presentation a few times about it, like to all the lifeguards on a coast and stuff. So I'll, I'll if they want to get more information, and there's also links to the. Uh, to the real um, newspaper articles, Leland Con- Conley, a uh, uh, reporter for Orange County Register, did a really nice job and wrote a couple of nice articles about me, and so they're they're on there. Okay, so you're, but, you're, you're no, I just, what is your Facebook? Okay. Give give us both addresses. Uh, one of them is facebook.com forward slash Scott Underhill, spelled just like it sounds. Yeah. And what's the other one? Um. Scott Underhill Insurance Agent. So Facebook.com forward slash got un, got Scott Underhill Insurance Agent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Okay, folks, you can go to those and you can see some pictures and videos and so forth. Uh, and really, I mean, I know it doesn't do it justice, uh, but listen, listeners, for those of you that are beach crazy, you've got to respect the ocean, right, Scott? <laughs> yeah, you can't think you're 20 years old anymore. No. <laughs> even if you're 20, even if you're 20, you can respect it. And, you know something money it's it's really crazy because I've always been surfing or you know been in the ocean, and this isn't the first time I've had a few close calls so right God, you know God's got a lot of patience with me, right, you know unbelievably so it's it's really amazing and you know this is this has been a great um a great chance to uh, vehicle that you've given me to talk about it and I, I thank you for that. Absolutely. Hopefully, if it makes somebody think that you know, hey, I'm, you know, God's got a plan for our lives, and you know, I mean, I alcohol alcoholism was definitely a part of uh, that's a part of me, and I don't have any problem sharing that. But yeah, you know, th- this whole thing with getting a second chance and being able to give back, I think it's truly a, a gift that I've been given. Yeah. Well, this this has been a great a great experience for me too. I'm I'm so glad that you agreed to come on and, and share your experience, strength, and hope. And usually, when we hear what it was like, what happened, and what it's like today, it's always surrounded around. Well, you know, I got I got drunk, I got sober, and now I'm given given the way the twelve step message. But so so often we don't hear the other parts of life, like in the case with you. I mean, you know, it, it's always about the meetings and it's about the campouts and hip, hip, hooray, I didn't drink today and, you know, all that. But the truth of the matter is, as well-rounded people, there's a whole lot more to life going on as you expressed today on the show. And I just, I thank you so much for sharing this with us. Thank you very much, Bonnie. Absolutely, absolutely. Any closing thoughts before we close out, Scott? Um, well, just the, thing, the fact that I know a lot of people, you know, they say, well, I go to meetings and that's what keeps me sober. Right. And I think it's the big book and the steps and just making sure that you get someone. And, and, and really, a sponsor is just nothing but a friend, someone that goes through the big book with you. And, you know, you're helping them as much as they're helping you. You bet. So that, that, that's been my experience anyway. And, and it's a whole crux of the matter it's in it's in the book and and the fact that the book was put together back in the 30s when you think about it it was a hundred people you know they got how did a hundred people get sober and the way out you know and and a lot of people say oh i can stay sober through meetings or they're just a sober alcoholic or a dry drunk but really when you get into into the service element of the program it it's really when you you, you take the focus off yourself and and uh and are able to, to, to really, it kind of does wonders for your self-confidence, too, that you can give give something that's been so freely given to you. Great words. Great words. Thank you, my brother. Uh, folks, uh, right. go to his Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Scott Underhill, and also uh, Scott Underhill Insurance Agent. Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah insurance agent. Right, right. And I'm, uh, I'm a... I do cover California, and I do like senior health insurance. Right, and that and that website is uh, protemprelief.com. dot com. Relief R E yeah pro p r o t 
T-E-M-P-R-E-L-I-E-F.com. And, and, and folks, so, check that out, too. Um, if, if, if you want to talk to an insurance agent that's going to shoot you straight and not give you the runaround, <laughs> talk to Scott. <laughs> All right, my brother. Hey, listen, uh, stay on the line. Don't hang up. Uh, folks, you can download this show on Podomatic. We encourage you to uh, go to take12recoveryradio.podomatic.com. Uh, or you can just go to podomatic.com and type in Take 12 Recovery Radio and subscribe there. Uh, we are, we've got over 4,000 shows and not all of them are on Podomatic. We just started doing Podomatic this year. Um, so we are playing catch up with all those. Uh, and Podomatic is, uh, been so gracious to sponsor our show. Uh, and we just love them for that. So uh, please check that out. And when you go there, click on the little heart icon that says that you like the show and leave comments. Uh, we have thousands of listeners, but people don't tend to leave comments. We love your comments. Positive, negative, indifferent. Tell me you like watermelon. I don't care. Just leave something. Hey, listen, my friends. A special thank you to Scott Underhill, our guest today, and to all of you who tune in. Until our next broadcast, this is the Monty Man, and I'm wishing God's perfect serenity for you. Bye-bye now. This has been a broadcast of KHLT Recovery Broadcasting.